right, Jonah. Finally, it took. It feels like it took us, you know, years to get to this point. But finally, the 2020 NBA Finals are here. The Los Angeles Lakers take on the Miami Heat in Game One tonight. The Lakers are heavily favored. Can LeBron get in ring number four, or can the Heat pull off the upset? We're going to talk about it. Also, the Eagles. My goodness, o two and one through three weeks of the NFL season. This was supposed to be the easy stretch of the season, and they find themselves winless. Will they be 0-5-1 come week seven? We're going to talk about it. And Doc Rivers today met with the Sixers to discuss possibly becoming the next head coach here in Philadelphia. Is this his job to lose? We are going to talk about it. All that and much more on episode five of the Restricted Zone podcast. I am Jonah Wooten, joined today, as always, by Colin Simprime. How you doing, everyone? Thanks for tuning in. Chris McClendon. How's everybody doing today? And Jamar Morant. What's up? How everybody doing today? DP Miller, Raphael Ortiz, they got some business to take care of. Unfortunately, they cannot join us today, but they will be back hopefully on Saturday. Hopefully you can have a, you know, a full group. But uh, for today, it's just the four of us. And before we get into any of that stuff I just brought up, let's just go through some breaking news real quick. Earlier today, it was reported that the Steelers and Titans Week four matchup from Sunday, one o'clock, has been postponed. Uh, it's reported that, you know, a number of Tennessee Titan players and staff have been have tested positive for COVID nineteen. So the NFL is, is shutting that down right now. Um, it's it's unsure when they're going to play this game if they're even able to play this game. Uh, I'm hearing reports of Monday night. Maybe it's pushed back all the way to Tuesday. Uh, just a simple question for you guys. Um, is this a precursor for what's to come this season? We've seen it. We've seen it in baseball. We saw the Miami Marlins, St. Louis Cardinals have outbreaks. You know, they were able to recover from these outbreaks, obviously, but, you know, it shifted a lot of games and it messed up scheduling, a lot of postponements. Um, is this a precursor for things to come or can the NFL kind of nip this in the bud? Well, I mean, I think it's safe to say that uh, it wasn't really possible for the the whole NFL season to keep going without some instances of, you know, a breakout or such and such, a player having COVID. Or, so, I mean, I'm not surprised, but the NFL is surely doing what they're supposed to be doing when it comes down to that point. So I think they did a good job of canceling the game because uh, at the end of the day, the players are the most important. They're the one that brings the most profit. They're what the fans come to see. So uh, the NFL is doing a great job in handling the case as it is right now. Kind of what, kind of like what Kyle said. I mean, you expected this to come. I didn't expect it to come by week three. I honestly thought it would happen at some point during week one. But as we all know, because of the COVID, I was expecting this sooner or later to happen to the NFL. Now it's the time to see if they know exactly what they're doing. Because like we said, we saw with baseball, but we see what's going on with that. They ended up moving the whole playoffs to a bubble or playing them moving into a bubble, and that's what they're going to finish the season, I think, after the first round, after the wild card round ends. So now it's the NFL to see how they uh, react to this and what precautions they're going to take moving forward to make sure that we can still have an NFL season. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with y'all. I like how they're putting the players first and they're actually um, 
at least trying trying to uh, seem like they're gonna take caution, and whatever they do, they just need to um, they gotta, for them moving it to Monday, I don't know what that's gonna do, if, if there's still players and everything um, like testing positive or whatever. So just like Chris said, we have to see what they're going to do. But them taking this into consideration, uh, it means a lot at this point right now. Yeah, I feel like the NFL, they did a good job of just, you know, postponing the game and, you know, kind of getting everything back together, getting things back on track because, you know, you don't want this to spread throughout the entire locker room. Like, look, there, there's 53 players on each team, and then you've got to account for all of the – the coaches and the training staff and everybody. So for this to not be as bad as it could be is a good thing. I feel like the only thing I would criticize on the NFL's part is just, you know, making the schedule, you know, keeping the schedule the same, you know, as it would have been. I feel like the NFL should have given themselves a couple of weeks, maybe add in a second bye week or, you know, post like push back the playoffs or the Super Bowl a week or two later like so just in case something like this happens these games could be made up you know you know at a proper date now you know these guys are going to play they're going to play you know they're going to get extra rest I guess going into this game but going into week five they're going to have to play on a short week I mean we've seen uh, games played on Tuesday before. I think it's only happened once. I remember 10 years ago, the Eagles and Vikings, the game, Sunday night game got snowed out, so they had to play on a Tuesday. Like, it's it's possible. But, you know, the NFL, they're setting themselves up for a potential catastrophe with keeping the schedule how it is. But um, I guess moving on, game one, the NBA Finals is tonight. The Heat. Uh, Eastern Conference champions, not a lot of pe- I mean, a few people had them going. I mean, I didn't personally, uh, but they made it. They defied the odds. This young squad led by Jimmy Butler taking on, you know, mostly everyone's favorite, the Los Angeles Lakers, Western Conference champs, LeBron, AD, you know, one of the greatest one-two punches we've maybe ever seen. I don't know. But uh they're heavily favored right now, minus 400 to win the NBA Finals. Is that fair? Like, is it fair for the Lakers to be so heavily favored coming into this championship round? Well, um, well, I just want to make sure. Well, first things first, the Miami Heat, I don't really think they're underdogs because of what they've shown. They was able to beat some of the uh, the teams that, you know, had the potential to go to the finals. So they, they beat the Bucks. You know, uh, they certainly they beat the Celtics, a real talented Celtics team. Uh, they're not really underdogs, in my opinion, because I think they have the team. It's just a matter of, you know, doing your best to just make Bron have a difficult night. You know, I know it might not be possible, but it's really their best bet. Bam has to play like an animal. Like, he has to play just out of this world. So, you know, that's what Bam's goal got to be. Tyler Hero is going to get the buckets. He's going to give you the timely buckets when it needs to be. Uh, I think the Heat – I want the Heat to win the finals, honestly. I want the Heat to win. It'll be a seven-game series. But if they lose to the Lakers, I'm not surprised either. I just want the Heat to win. So you're saying LeBron's the underdog? No, he's not the underdog. But the Heat aren't underdogs too. They show what they can do. Didn't they you the have Milwaukee beating them, though? 
I did, but I didn't expect so, to win. So, wait, wait, hold on. Let me finish. So, how are they not considered underdogs if you had Milwaukee beating them in the second round? Well, they got two legitimate stars on the Heat. They got Butler and Bam. What? Both stars. Bam, Bam, Bam and Butler aren't stars? When you have two teams that are in competition, there's one underdog because there's, there's one favorite and there's one underdog. So, if the Heat aren't the underdog, you're telling me the Lakers are the underdog. They're not the, the underdog, but the, the Heat. Fact, the, well, the, the fact that the Heat made it to the finals makes them the underdog. How aren't they? Because nobody – because I will say nobody. Very little had them making it this far. And you were one of that people that didn't have making it far. But they, they're they not underdogs because at the end of the day, they shown what they can do. Oh, my Lord. Teams that, that had a chance to go to the finals. But you had the Bucks beating them, so and how was, are they underdogs? Was, and it wasn't even a matter of oh they struggle against the Bucks. They won. It wasn't, and then they beat the Celtics in six games. But you didn't have them going there. I didn't have the, them there, but they're so not. That's what the underdogs. They're that's not the underdog thing. They man. had the talent to go go and compete against that's, the Lakers. No, no. And they got no, the coach. No. They got the coach to compete against the. They got a bench to compete against the Lakers too. They're not underdogs. Hold on, 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 I did only because of what Frank Reich and DeFilippo were doing. Like, they had, like, the perfect game plan for Foles. I think the RPOs, like, it, it worked to perfection. Like, I felt like they kind of, like, you could just, you know, fit a lot of quarterbacks in, and they could have went on that run. Not every quarterback, I mean, but. I'm just okay. Yeah, okay, I'm fine. I got, and, we, and we had a strong run game and a great defensive line. Barely it's cool. I got, I got different. I got, I got a different example. I got a different example. So, actually, it's more of a question. So, what's the difference between this Miami Heat team and this 04 team, uh, 04 Pistons team? Because that Pistons team was considered underdog. I was about to bring that up. I'm hearing a lot of comparisons about you know the 04 Pistons, like it, like the type of team that didn't really have like a true star. But you know, they had a lot of talented players. So. Considered underdogs in the playoffs yeah. and won the well, and beat the well, and beat the and beat Goliath. So okay, what's the difference? But this this is just my my opinion. I'm not saying it's a fact. I just feel like the Heat had shown what they've been capable of in the playoffs, and I don't necessarily feel like they're underdogs. But I guess if you want to break it down like that, I can I can see why they're underdogs. But to me, they're not. They show what they can do against quality opponents. So I don't feel like. I'm not underestimating the Heat. I feel like I feel like they could win a couple of games. I don't think it's going to be a five game or it'll be swept. I think it's going to be a competitive series. I just think the Heat have a shot to win the title. It's not like it's just all oh, Lakers got it by a landslide. That's just how I feel. It's just my opinion on it. So, well, we we know that the Heat are the underdog. I mean, like go back to like the original question. It's just like, do you feel like? You know, is it fair to say that they're like a huge underdog? Wait, Jonah, I don't. I, let me. Uh, I want to ask Mark a question. I think me and Mark got in a debate about Tyler Hero. Uh, uh, he said Tyler Hero wasn't a steal of the draft, and I said he absolutely was a steal of the draft because he wasn't even supposed to be in the lottery. They had him going mid first round. They didn't even have him going to the lottery. He just took a jump at him at number thirteen. Uh, That's not you, a lottery pick. 
Yes, it is. It's, it's a lot. Lottery pick. Lottery pick is like the first fifteen. So it is. And honestly, the way Tyler Hero has been playing in the playoffs, he was playing well in the regular season too. I think he should have been drafted higher than thirteen, but he definitely was the still with the draft inside the lottery. The way I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider that. Tyler, the way Tyler Hero was playing. That just because he played well doesn't mean he was a still the draft. Because you could say, because I mean, he played well doesn't mean he was a still. A lot of okay. a lot of the rookies I mean, played well. Okay, so we can look at the first the first four picks: Zion, John, Mor- John Morant, R.J. Barrett. Uh, who's the fourth pick? DeAndre Hunter. Who was the fifth pick in that draft? Who's the fifth pick in that draft? I think Tyler Hero could have been a top six, top seven player inside that draft. Top five, honestly, in my opinion. The way so I'm letting you know. Right so I'm letting you know. Right, I, I, hold up. I want to let you know something. Just because he's playing well with the Heat does not mean he'd be doing the same thing but, with any other team in this league. But I'm. But listen, Chris. This is, comes back to the uh, the what we talked about about Shy Gilsize Andy. I'm banking on his work ethic because he turned himself to a four star. People thought he'd be a three year, four year player, and he played a very good season in Kentucky and elevated himself into the first round conversation. Not a lottery, but first round conversation, mid mid late to last first round. He got drafted in the thirteenth pick. No one really had him going that high, and he turned himself into a legitimate, a future piece for the Heat. And he's playing really well throughout the playoffs. Like no, like a rookie doesn't even play that well in the playoffs. That How was he still? All the other people at his position were gone. First, how, bro? Look at the top five picks in the draft. You okay? You can ignore Zion, Ja, and RJ. The fourth pick, DeAndre Hunter. Who did it? Who was the Hawks shooting guard at, at the time? Who's the shooting guard for the Hawks? Kevin Herter. But th- but they picked him because they need a wing player. Okay, so who's the fifth pick in the draft? I just want to know who's the fifth pick in the draft. I think Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero definitely would have still the draft, and he's showing exactly why that he drafted him at thirteen. Uh, I didn't even think Tyler Hero was going that going that high, and I'm a big Kentucky fan, but I thought he'd be maybe the eighteenth, maybe eighteen to twenty five. That was my pick. Never thought he'd go 13th, and he's playing extremely – he's playing above above and beyond the uh, 13th pick. So, I just think that he – like I said, if I'm not saying – they could be underdogs in terms of okay, but in my opinion, they got the talent, they got the skill, they got the coach. I don't necessarily see them as underdogs. But that's that's my opinion. So, who do you so, got to the series? Uh, I, want, I, want, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. So, I'm, I just want to tell you the teams that were in front of the Heat the Heat. So we had Pelicans, Grizzlies, Knicks. The well, the Hunter was originally drafted by the Lakers, but got traded. The Cavs, okay. the Suns, the Bulls, the Hawks again. That trade went to, but the person they picked went end up going to the Pelicans as well. Uh, the Wizards, the Hawks' second pick, Cam Reddish, the Timberwolves, and the Hornets. So which of those teams? So out of all the teams I named, which one do you think he would go to? Wait, so who had – let me look up – I want to look at the, the draft order uh, selection. I, I'm, I'm telling you – I just told you the order. Wait, who's the, who's the seventh pick in the draft? The seventh pick in the draft was Kobe White, who the, and the Chicago Bulls need a point guard. So he wouldn't fit in that situation because of Zach Levine. I don't understand. It's just still oh, – So basically, he came there to basically position fit for those teams. Okay, I can understand that, but I feel like if they, if they, if those guys saw what Tyler Hero could have been or what he could have done, I'm pretty sure he would have been drafted a lot higher. Because no one doesn't fit the system of the team, that doesn't make any sense to put, go there. No one even had him going to the lottery before the draft. 
let alone let no one like he wasn't even supposed to go in the lottery. The fact I that just he don't count that as the lottery. I just don't count that the as top the fourteen picks in the draft are lottery picks. I understand it, but I'm saying though, there's there's thirty teams. You split it by fifteen, okay? But you can still be a playoff team and still end up with a lottery pick. That's why I don't really want to say a thirteen pick. It's like a lottery pick. Okay, okay. I understand where you're coming from, Lamar. I understand it, but if we're going by the official NBA, you know, he's a lottery pick. So I understand exactly where you're coming from. There are teams that they have uh, okay records. They make the playoffs, and they still end up in the lottery. That's just how it is. Usually teams in the West, because the West is pretty stacked. So it's always that team that falls in 13 or 14. It's usually not the East, but, I mean. I don't consider Hero a steal if you went to the team that best fits him. In yeah, that scenario, that. based off of the teams that I said beforehand. Okay. But he's playing – he is playing exceptionally well for the Heat. I didn't deny that, but you said he was a steal, which is different <laughs> than playing exceptionally well. Compared to, compared to those – all right, so would you rather have Tyler Hero right now playing or one of those other picks that – You're about that, to ask me somebody that's not in the playoffs. Come on. Basically – Kyle, it goes by best fit. It doesn't matter who was picked before him. It was best fit. All the teams I just named, they need a Wayne players or bigs. So Tahir wasn't in the equation. He went to the best team for him. Doesn't make him a steal. But the Heat didn't have to draft Tyler Hero either. That's the thing. So who? The Heat just took best best available. They could have drafted Romeo Langford. He was was considered a way better prospect than Tyler Hero. So it wasn't even like they had to pick Tyler Hero at that pick. They really didn't have to pick him. They could have picked they picked best Romeo available. Lankford. They could have picked best available. Romeo Lankford, Romeo Lankford, if we he was the best, he was the he was the best available player. They didn't have to pick Romeo. Uh, they didn't have to pick Tyler Hero number thirteen. They could have one. Is it uh, Romeo Lankford the point guard? Is it Romeo Lankford the point guard? No, he's, not, he's a shooting guard. He is a shooting guard. He plays this shooting if, guard. If you want to, if now if you want to consider somebody a steal, Kendrick Nunn is a steal. That's a better example of a steal. Actually, no. That actually makes a lot of sense. Tyler Harrell's still a still, but Kendrick Knight is not. Yeah. Listen, listen. All I'm nice, saying guys. is we getting off. We getting off. We getting off. Uh, I, I do enjoy I these to... back and forths, but the topic on hand is the NBA Finals. So, um, right. right. Uh, getting, like back, said, getting back to that, though, um, there are a lot of storylines in this Finals, including, you know, LeBron James and Pat Riley. As you know, LeBron won his first two rings with the Miami Heat uh, several years ago. And then, you know, they kind of – the relationship kind of ended abruptly in Miami. You know, LeBron, you know, went back home to Cleveland. You know, maybe that, you know, rubbed Pat Riley the wrong way. I'm not sure. I don't know the men, but, you know, you know, is this personal? Like, is this more of a personal finals for the, for the two of them? I'm going to let Chris handle that one. I want to see what Chris says. Oh, oh, Mario, um, you chime in, bro. I had, I didn't hear it from you. Um, I don't really think it's really personal. I don't really, yeah, I don't really see it as it personal. I see it as a, um, I see it more of as like a competitive standpoint. Being, I see, yeah, it's more of a competitive standpoint being as though, um, Hold on, hold on. Uh, I well to finish what I was saying. I kind of agree that it's basically like a competitive standpoint because, I mean, I can't say it's personal because LeBron did do good in Miami, so it mm-hmm. I think it would be a different story. Let's say they lost the they lost to the Mavericks, um, then they come back and maybe they lose the finals again, and then he left. 
I think that would make it a different right. story. I think the fact that he won in Miami for a couple of years before the sign to go back to go back to Cleveland. I mean, he did. He did leave on that second finals loss, though, to the Spurs. So I mean, I'm, well, I'm, I, I, I mean, at, at the end of the day, the only thing is, like I said, it's a, it's a competitive thing. The only thing it just shows how great of a, uh, as a general manager Pat Riley is. I mean, look what he built this team up to. You know, most teams stay in the lottery for a decade or, or two decades. You know, you can look at the Kings, you can look at the Pistons, you can look at the Bulls. No, not the Bulls. The Bulls made the playoffs in 2014. It's a, it's a, it's a bunch of lottery. The Knicks. So, you know, he still made that team competitive. Like, they went from average, and then they turned themselves into a finals team. That's got to get credit to the head coach, Coach Spo, and Pat Riley and the players themselves. So. It's just that, you know, when you bring that up, it's kind of like LeBron kind of left, you know, Miami high and dry, kind of left them in a awkward well, spot I, well, where they I, have to rebuild all over again. I mean, LeBron left Cleveland high and dry, and look how Cleveland is still struggling. Every time LeBron leaves Cleveland, they, they struggle. But the Heat, they hadn't necessarily struggled, but they stayed in that mediocre average, and then they turned themselves into a finals contender. So. That just shows the poor management by Cleveland. They yeah, can't get anybody else there. Yeah. But I don't think it was more so LeBron leaving high and dry. He just left because he chose to. Yeah. Yeah. I say the both times he left and went to different teams, his contract was up. It was like he got traded anywhere. Yeah, I don't think no one would point. be bold enough to trade LeBron. That no one would ever do that. So, well, I'm gonna just leave it with this simple question, and I really want to get you know Raf and DP's input on Saturday, even though the finals would have started by then. But I'm gonna just ask you guys a real simple question: four and six or three and seven? Four and six. Four. Uh, <laughs> four and six, three and seven. LeBron, get this for free. Like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers win, but I do want. I want the Heat to win. I want the Heat to win, so I'm. I'm gonna go with three and seven. I, want I bet you do. You want to see the underdog story? Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sure. Sure. What's the under, uh, wait, 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 uh, I think it would be a competitive series, but ultimately, I feel like just the way that the Lakers have been playing, I feel like LeBron might get his fourth ring. I just I just kind of feel like it's just – it's not meant, but it almost feels like it is meant for LeBron to get his fourth ring right now. Oh, it is. All right. Well, I'm going to go four and six. I mean, what does this do for Bron's legacy, win or lose? Like, what what – Ramifications? What can this finals have on his legacy? He has he has two more times to catch up to MJ. You guys think he could catch the MJ? You guys what think you mean, uh, catch? Like he could tie MJ with the rings? Or oh. no? No. So no. oh, you uh, think this yeah. is his last time being for the time? I, to be honest, I didn't even expect him to win this year. To be honest, you want me to be honest? Yeah, so dude, I, yeah, so when Kevin Durant comes back, it's over. Mm, so you think? Oh, Kyrie and Kevin there. I keep forgetting about those two in Brooklyn, man. That's a dangerous sight. That's real scary. Real scary. I don't think – I All think right, well, just if he wins – I just want to finish. I think if he wins this, it'll just right. add that he'll be considered a Laker great. But it would be bad if he lost – it would be bad if he lost too. I don't, but it wouldn't be as bad if he played exceptionally well and they lost. Now, if he plays like like he played against Dallas losers, then, yeah, that's a, that's a big – that's a big down on his legacy. Yeah, that would, 
I think that would probably end like, oh, no way. He did it in 2011. Then he did it in 2020. He's not – yeah, I could see that. If, but I don't see LeBron playing like that at all. I feel like he's going to okay. come out every single game. He's going to come out every single game playing like the king. AD is going to play like the top five player he is. And then, you know, the bench got to do what they got to do to step up and contribute. All I'll say at the end of the day, no matter what LeBron does, he's not catching up to the GOAT. And by GOAT, I mean Kareem. You guys going to never see him catch No, all right, okay. All right. I think other people will say Are you saying that in terms of points or? No, we're talking about around greatness. Like I'm talking ball. about greatness. He he might catch him in points. I wouldn't be surprised if he did that. I think in terms of greatness, though, he's not going to catch up I to Kareem. I thought he already caught uh, MJ in points. No? Or did, did he just pass Kobe? No. He said yeah, Kareem. He passed Kobe. Oh, he said Kareem is his good, not Michael Jordan. Okay. All right. All right. Well, moving on. Um, <sighs> I really don't want to talk about this, but we we I just need to get this off my chest. The Eagles still winless through three weeks. Is I I really I have no words. It's like I I told you guys I wouldn't be surprised if they lost, or I guess in this case tied the Bengals, which feels like a loss. It might as well be a loss the way they played. Um, they're going into probably the toughest stretch of the schedule, uh, three of the top defenses in the league. Uh, as San Francisco on Sunday night football, that's, I mean, I don't, I don't know who's going to be tuning in around the country to that game, but it's on Sunday night. Then following week at Pittsburgh and then back home against the Ravens. Uh, can they steal a win? Can they just steal one win? Is it possible? I think if the Eagles are still a win, your best chance is Sunday night against the Bengals 49ers. But also, seeing how y'all played this year, anything's possible in that game, to be honest. That's all I, I can mean, say. If we, we can look back to last year in week four, last year, like the Eagles coming off of two horrible losses at Atlanta and at home against the Lions, two winnable games where drop passes cost them. And then they went on a short week to Green Bay on Thursday night and beat a Packers team they had no business beating. So I mean, it's possible any given Sunday, but I don't know. I mean, man, too many holes. I kept thinking back to what Mar DP was saying, and uh, I think it was episode three. They said, you know, if they lose the Bengals game, they could very well go zero and six. And now it's like I can't even get that thought out of my head no more. It's like wow. I mean, at that point, if they do, you might as well tank. There's no point trying to even fight anymore. Maybe they might put themselves in the position to get uh, Trevor Lawrence in the draft, you know, and it might possibly be Carson Wentz time, time to go. I don't know what they'll do with him, what team will probably fetch for him, but to go 0-6, I mean, I, I mean, the thing is, is like this division just sucks so much is that it's going to be hard for them to tank. Like there's going to be some wins on the board, I think, for the Eagles. I mean, they do play – against the Browns, too, you know, play against the Giants twice, one more game against the football team. And the Cowboys, just, those are always toss-ups. We usually split with the Cowboys, so, I mean. I mean, I, I mean. I, I wouldn't mean, say tank, but I don't I don't see the playoffs either. Even with the extra seventh team, I don't. I just don't see it. Well, it I mean. Dumb if the Eagles decide to tank. That is not what y'all need. If anything, if y'all, what y'all need to do is if y'all play bad, get a wide receiver. Y'all need a wide receiver. Your court, I mean, quarterback is an issue, but that's not y'all main issue. Y'all don't have any pass catchers. I mean, are you talking to receivers? Like, would OBJ be, like, a good prospect for a trade? Like, would that be a smart trade to pursue? 
I don't know who you guys are going to have to give up to get OBJ. <laughs> Nor do I think OBJ wants to come to Philadelphia. I mean, well, I wouldn't see. I don't. I don't. I think the interest in, in Philadelphia. So looking like. You know, I don't think he would turn down Philadelphia. Maybe he would look at. He just, for the only thing that would hesitate him is the quarterback situation if he had to look at it. But uh, I just don't know about whether or not. I mean, I mean, I mean, Mar. Like, what do you think about the Eagles? Like, what do you think? You you made a prediction. You said if they lose the Bengals, they could very well go oh five oh and six. So what what's your thought on that? Um, I'm not surprised by any of this first, second, second. Um, tanking would be a bad idea. I don't really got I don't really think you guys need to just go like on a whole season of losing just to improve on a quarterback. When you when you desperately have other uh positions that you need to work on. So quarterback is just not gonna solve the number one problem even though he is the number one problem. And in the receiving core, we are right back in the exact same spot we were in the last four weeks of last season. We, like, we we're right back in the same spot. I, it's, like, it's like nothing changed at all. It's, it's very frustrating. Um, well, if I can pull up this injury list real quick. Go ahead. That's, well, that's why I see y'all need a wide receiver. Well, I have a question for y'all. I mean, so what was the three? T- so what was the three takeaways from you know Sunday's game in the Bengals and Eagles? What was the three takeaways the Eagles? You know, you saw something bright, like okay, they have this bright moment. Maybe they could you know strengthen that and then work on the other weaknesses they have. Uh, Miles Sanders, and that's it. <laughs> that that's it, Miles Sanders. Um, um, not even three, just one. Oh, there isn't. I mean, what what can you what can you take away from that? Like Carson is still struggling, and I feel like there's something mentally just something is wrong. I think with his, his psyche and his confidence, yeah. I feel you like think it's more mental than it is physical. I, yeah, I feel like physically he's all healed up, but mentally he's just there's so many variables, so many just like I, I brought it up, you know, in the last episode. Everything about like Nick Foles and you know. I don't know. Like maybe like him starting a family. Maybe that's a distraction. I don't want to say that. But that draft pick got him like that. The draft pick, uh, yeah. But I mean, I can mean, you I mean well, well, but you know, some Mar, that's not really, that's not really an excuse because I'm gonna use one of your favorite quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the uh, Packers. Oh, draft. he's different. No. He was, but he was never bad. He was never. Oh, right, ever right. You know. Right. And, I, Aaron Rodgers is still at the top of his game. Carson yeah, Wentz is already game. struggling with exactly. injuries, and the, and that's like and that's kind of like the Packers history because when they got Aaron Rodgers, they saw Brett Favre for the yeah. last couple of years. Then they moved to Aaron Rodgers, so it's that's just history repeating itself. A Rod, A Rod know the vibes. He he knows what you know. <laughs> love is there to do exactly. You know, wait, Oh yeah, I remember. But John, I gotta remember. Was it? Wasn't you? Did you made a bold statement? I think before. Yeah, I made a wrong statement that you don't have to bring up. <laughs> you oh yeah, to, you don't I have mean, to bring Mark, that up. Mark, okay. Mark, Mark got real heated. Look, He's like, look, look, I I wasn't trying to discredit Aaron. It was more so just my confidence in Carson. But oh, it's, it, yeah, I was proven horribly wrong. Like I mean, yes, the season's still young, but I feel like those mistakes you don't. It, it's going to be hard to fix in the course of the season. Like, that's just something that in the off season that should have been worked on, you know? Well, like, okay. Just, just well, 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 let me throw this. Simple um, mechanics. Like, we shouldn't even be talking about, like, just missing throws, open throws. We shouldn't be talking about this in year five. 
Well, I mean, so so here's my question to you guys. So, what do you think Carson Carson Wentz' future is with the Eagles? Do you think he gets traded this season or next season? Do you think you know? Because now it doesn't seem like he's a long term guy anymore, or at least you know, him or Doug. Because yeah. of his contract. Yeah, it could be both. Yeah, and Chris said it could be both. But I don't even think it's more Doug's fault. It just lays on more Carson Wentz. Like, you know, changing plays. It's, it's a lot of stuff with Carson Wentz. It's just – I mean – It's not Doug's fault. It's, it's the the play calling. Everything is – it's everything, bro. It's literally – like, look, look, Jason Kelsey said it, bro. It's the whole team, bro. It's, it's everybody. Like, the defense can't get off the field. Like, Doug Peterson, you know, goes away from the run game. Miles Sanders had he was averaging like seven yards per carry, eight yards per, per uh, eight yards per carry in the first half, and you go away from it and you start gunslinging. Why? Why? It's like I'm I'm sitting on the couch, I'm coaching from the couch, and I I see these things that Doug Peterson doesn't see. It's it's everybody, man. I think it's well, about think, time. Think back, think back two years ago when Aaron Rodgers, and Mike McCarthy were going through it. They they said Aaron Rodgers said he had to change the play when he got to the line of scrimmage every down. Mike McCarthy, they they got rid of Mike, and then the Packers went to the they went to the um NFC Championship. Uh, yeah, the NFC Championship. My bad. They went to the NFC Championship. So yes. I guess the one of them has so, to go. You can, you, can, you won't know Doug you won't still, know the problem until you, one of them goes. <laughs> so I think I, I think they're gonna give Doug like another year or two because he's somewhat still fresh off of a Super Bowl one. Yeah, I feel like if. I feel like where the issue lies, and I've been saying it since the beginning of the season, y'all rely so much on y'all pass rush, y'all front four. I'm not even going to say front seven. Y'all front four to get to the quarterback that y'all coverage is terrible. So, if anything, what y'all might need to do is find a new defensive coordinator, one. And if you guys end up being very bad and get a quality draft pick, go for linebackers or a safety. Yeah, then honestly, uh, coming off what Amar was saying, yeah, maybe I don't. I really don't think it's Doug Peterson, but I could see why Amar made the statement he did. You know, after Mike, after Mike McCarthy was gone, Aaron Rodgers has blossomed even more. But I really think I feel like what Chris said, the front four, and then it's really Carson Wentz. I think maybe it's time for Carson Wentz a new a new change of scene for him. You know, maybe it's time for him to to go somewhere else. But I, I really hate the thought of that because of what he did in 2017, 2018. Like, we know what he can do. It's just a matter of can he get back? Because I would hate for us to trade him. He goes to another team that he just blossoms. And it's like, wow, well, he, he could have done that with us. We just gave up on him too quick. I don't want – I don't want to – I don't know. I'm so conflicted on Carson Wentz. I really am. I'm not sure. I mean, you traded a King's Ransom to move up and get this guy at the number two overall pick. Exactly. Like, like sign them to a four-year, hundred thirty million dollar deal. If anything, like, I, if you ask, like, asking his future, I, I don't. I wouldn't press the trade button just yet. I'm like, I feel like he's in the same spot that Ben and Joel for the Sixers are in now. Like, I want to see what he can do under a new coach. I feel like, I think Carson. Well. He, I think he needs a new coach, and of course, it's not going to happen. You know, this year. Doug Peterson, you know, he won the division twice in three years, won the Super Bowl, playoffs three straight years. He's got his job security, so he's safer this year. Next year, I don't know, but I feel like – He's got to be some drastic changes need to be. Yeah, made. and, you know, they just signed him, you know, last year. Like, they're not, they're not going to just trade him right away, and no one's going to want that contract, I think, for a guy who has the worst, you know, quarterback rating in the league right now. 
So, you know, it's going to be a year or two before we can really start talking about trading Carson. All right, then I, I guess. All right, that's it. You can, yeah, that's. I, I feel like they, they will steal a win on Sunday because I'm just a blind optimist and I kind of just watch out of habit and hope now. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's looking real bad. Like, I mean, seven or eight wins could realistically win this division. Like, maybe the tie, you know, ends up helping us. You know, go eight, seven, one dollars finishes eight and eight. I don't know. I I don't know. It's up in the air at this point. But moving on, uh, Doc Rivers today met with the Philadelphia 76ers to discuss possible plans to become the next head coach for the Sixers. You know the you know the names that were going off when the uh, Sixers were first you know eliminated way back when they were swept in the first round. Brett Brown was relieved of his duties. You know, we heard you know, Ty Lue's name thrown around. We heard Mike D'Antoni's name thrown around. He's been like the, the favorite up until now. And we saw what happened with the Clippers. And now it kind of just opened up a new door. Maybe, oh, Doc Rivers. I mean, seven years with the Clippers, never made the conference finals. Uh, but, you know, who knows? Maybe a change of scenery for him could do him wonders. We all know that the Sixers themselves need a change of scenery uh, just from the front office to coaching to personnel. Um, but uh, is Doc Rivers, is this his job to lose? Or a better question would be, would he be a good fit for the Sixers? And I'm going to leave that up to Colin Marks. I know Chris has his own answer, his own wild card candidate. So I'm going to let him go last. So Colin, is Doc uh, Rivers a fit here? I, I mean, we're talking about experience and, like, the amount of the, – the people he coached, who he impacted. I mean, Doc Rivers seems like the most logical answer to go to. I really don't want Mike – I don't want – um how to pronounce his last name? Uh, Dan Tony. Yeah, Dan Tony. I don't want yeah. – he does, He plays no defense. Like, he plays no defense. His team's all about offense. Ben Simmons can't shoot. I, I pray to God he gets a jump shot next season. I mean – how long he's been in the league? Since 2015, 2016? He's he's been in the league too long to, to not 16. Yes, he can't be in the league that long and have no mid-range, no shot at all. I mean, I really hope he works on the quarantine, should be doing <laughs> wonders. I really should be. So I between Doc and, and Ty Lu, um, what 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 about the other coaching candidates? What are the other coaching candidates besides Doc and Ty Lu? Those are those are uh, the two favorites right now. Um, the two favorites. I heard Jay Wright's name thrown around, but he shut those he shut those rumors down real fast. I think it's oh, really man. a two man race. Uh, it should be a three person race. Well, um, I think I think Dot Rivers. I think Dot Rivers is probably the most suitable coach between him and Ty Lue. I think either one of those would be great candidates. I would be. I wouldn't have a problem with either one. I just don't want Mike Dan and Tony. I just don't want him. I just don't. Marty, you feel like? Uh, Doc is a good fit here. Could he, you know, be the spark to get, you know, Joel and Ben to that next level? Um, no, I think Doc and Tyron Lue are the most overrated coaches. Number one. Um, saw what Doc did. Every time, okay, when Doc Doc won one championship and he had superstars there. But before they were there, nobody I didn't I didn't really know a lot of Celtic fans. So I'm gonna lean more to Tom Thibodeau winning that more than I give to Doc, if anything. And then Doc blew three three one leads. So 
there's that's not somebody I would really recommend to come to Philly who's trying to win after what he just did. I personally want uh Ms. Dawn Staley as the Sixers uh head coach personally. I think that'd be a better fit. You jumped the gun a little bit there, but uh Chris, uh yeah, that's that's your person, that's your your gal. So mm-hmm. to speak, now, to take over. Yeah, now, but I first I want to say I do agree with more about who the next coach should be. I think it should be Don Staley. But before I get into why I think it should be her, what you guys think of the city of Philadelphia? What comes to your mind? I mean, you can answer this if you want. It could be a rhetorical question, but like Kyle, when you think of Philadelphia, what comes to your mind? Uh, the Sixers, Eagles, brother love. I mean, yeah, the lovable pretty- loser, the underdog. Okay, that's cool. Now, something that you mentioned, the underdog. So, you know, like, so, like, when you hear underdog, you know what that means, like, fighting. That Our culture is fighting. That's our culture, right? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Perfect. Now, let me get into this. So, now, the four coaching candidates I heard, or that I recommend, that I heard, Mike D'Antoni, Doc Rivers, Ty Lue, Don Staley. Here's the difference between – those three coaches and Don Staley. Okay. One, first of all, born and bred Don Staley. Went to Dobbins High School. Born and bred. I'm not going to say she's from the hood, but she know her way around the block. I'll say that. That's the first thing I say. Absolutely, absolutely. Number, number <laughs> two, she has turned two women's college basketball programs around. One be, The first one being Temple that she coached while she was still playing the WNBA, and the second one being South Carolina. When she first arrived on South Carolina, they were under 500 team, and she had two losing seasons with them. But she turned them into a powerhouse program. So Actually, this, I definitely agree with what Chris saying. I, then she had the number one recruiting class in 2019. Yes, she and, did. And, and she beat be basically the best, the best college – Women's college basketball team of the last decade in UConn. I watched that game. It was a very entertaining game. A very, you know, it was a good game. And she looking, she's looking at having the number one recruiting class in 2020. She just got the number one point guard in that class, Raven Johnson. So, yeah, I mean, she definitely knows. Yeah, okay, Chris, I'm, I'm with you. Go ahead. So, anyway, the point I'm saying is this track record that she has is winning. She's one of the W. She's been to the finals in the WNBA. They didn't win. It's okay. She led Temple to multiple Atlantic 10 Conference cha- Championship wins, which led them to the NCAA tournament when they were not predicted to go at all. South Carolina, one of the best teams in the nation, as we see, and they've won the NCAA championship not too long ago. Not to mention, she also coaches the USA bas- women's basketball team, and they've won the past three, four gold medals. So what this tells me is she's doing something right. What the Sixers need right now is a culture change. They don't need somebody like an overrated Doc Rivers. They don't need somebody like a Ty Lue who just list, who more so listens to his own players. I somewhat agree with Mar when he's the overrated coach because I haven't really seen him do anything without LeBron James but lose, as we can see. Mike D'Antoni, great offensive-minded coach. But besides that, he's, it's not really winning basketball what he does. It, it'll put points on the board. You can, you'll run the score up, but it's not really winning. Don Staley has been the cons- has been consistent and winning wherever she has gone, which is why if you want the Sixers to become an even better team than what they are, if you want them to be title contenders for sure, if you want to attract somebody to come to the Sixers, you need Don Staley as your head coach. 
absolutely need Dawn Stanley as a head coach. She bleeds Philadelphia. She lives and breathes this city. And the Sixers need a culture change. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid need a culture change to become better players. This is why I don't say that Joel Embiid is over Nikola Jokic. He could be doing so much more than what he's doing. I'm not saying he can't do what he does well. I'm just thinking he could do it better. I think you put a coach like Don Staley there, he will become the best center in the league. Absolutely. I think if Don Staley is the head coach, the Sixers are certified title contenders. They might even win in one year. And I, and I wouldn't be surprised if Don Staley was on that bench when they won it. Uh, we got we got to work on that bench first and the pieces around Ben and Joel. But look, I I actually you gotta create him. the culture first. You you gotta create the yeah. culture. When you look at all the good all yeah. the all the old school Philadelphia teams, the AIs, the Julius Irvins, the Moses Malones, Will Chamberlains, that culture, that toughness that Philly is about. That's what Don Staley has. Rasheed Wallace, another one for Philly. He didn't play for the Sixers, but that mm-hmm. toughness that they all had. Either playing for the city or being from the city. That's what Dawn Staley has. That's what the Sixers need. Just think of the story, too. Like, just first female head coach, coaching her hometown team. Like, that just – it just writes itself. That's – Hollywood couldn't come up with a better script than that, man. Come on. She can do it for Temple. What makes you think she can't do it for the Sixers? Absolutely. Uh, I just – I, I looked up Don Staley. Uh, it, was, it was reported August 30th. She was open to the discussions of playing for the Sixers, but she's really content with the South Carolina women's basketball team. I really well after hearing what Chris said, I would absolutely love her to be the coach, but it's looking like she she's more leaning toward the South Carolina. It's, you know? if, if she is, that's fine. But I would still give her an interview and stuff, even if she doesn't take the job off the – Offer even if you offer the job, she doesn't take it. The point is, I would still offer her that job because I think she's more than qualified head coach. Now, of all the four coaches I just named, I think she's more qualified than those three to be the head coach, even with no professional basketball experience outside of the Olympics. If you want to count that, okay, I definitely, I yeah, I, I agree with that, Dawn Staley. I, I'll actually, I'm hoping she actually is like, yeah, you know what, let's do this. But it's looking really unlikely. But like Chris said, it doesn't hurt to give her an interview if anything. So. At least, at least bring her in a talk. You can't. It, it wouldn't be fair to just go ahead and just hire Mike or Doc without at least talking to Don. Hey, Joni. Yeah. Could you repeat what you said? It like you went in and out. Oh, it, oh yeah. I was saying like they should at least just talk to her. Just it wouldn't. It, it wouldn't be right to just you know go ahead and hire Doc or, or Mike D'Antoni without at least. Just talking to Don Staley. Like just I bet I bet you this much. I bet you Don Staley was a coach last year where you had Jimmy Butler instead of Brett Brown. Jimmy Butler might still be in the Sixers right now. Don't yeah, even we chose we chose Brett Brown over Jimmy Butler and look what happened. Don't even look what happened. Don't even talk about that. Like I said. I, I just, just give her your offer. She don't take it as fine. That's a Sixers fan. I'm salty, but I'm happy for Jimmy, man. I really am. Yeah, I'm absolutely yeah. happy. Knowing, knowing his backstory, like mm, yeah, yeah, I, that's why I'm rooting for him so hard. You know, and Tyler Hero, and you know the whole squad and Heat. But uh, well, let's let's go to the next topic, Jonah. I think it's the last topic for this episode. Yeah, uh, some good news coming out of you know the sports world this week. Um, so you know, um, Delonte West, former NBA star, used to play for the Cavaliers and the Mavericks. You know, he's falling on hard times. Um, there's there's viral videos of him, you know, out on the highway, 
just, you know, he's like getting into fights and stuff like that. He really fell on hard times. Uh, Monday night, Mark Cuban, um, he, he saw Delonte. He found him in a gas station, reconnected with him, and, you know, he helped get Delonte in a rehab. So um, shout out to Mark Cuban for that. Mark Cuban, you know, we all know is a very great, astounding guy, one of my favorite owners in all of sports. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really good what he's doing. It's something that he doesn't have to do, but, you know, he feels consciously that it's something he should do, seeing as though, you know, Delonte is one of his former players, you know, is just, you know, you, you hate to see, you know, someone fall from grace like that. And, you know, it's really good what he's doing. So hopefully Delonte gets all the help he needs and then some and can, you know, start his road to recovery. Man, uh, it's two things I want to touch on Mark Cuban. If you guys didn't know, um, yeah, he actually did something else that was just really heartwarming. Just, it shows you how far he goes for his players. He treats them like their son. Uh, J.J. Barea, am I pronouncing his name right? Barea. Uh, uh, back in 2017, Puerto Rico had a, a, a hurricane crisis, and Mark Cuban gave his private jet to JJ to drop off all the supplies so he could give out to the uh, to his country. And I was just like, wow. When I read that, I was like, man, this guy, like, he's someone I would love to play for. You know, like, he's just a well-rounded, great human being. And, you know, he shows how far he goes for his players, and he treats them like family, whether you're here for a year six months or you're on the two-way contract. He, he really treats you. And I just I just love that about a coach. But Delonte West, I mean, it just shows you just how serious mental illness really is. You know, it's something that you really should never ignore uh, when someone has that. Because uh, he went from being, you know, an NBA player making millions and to now he's, you know, like Jonas said, fighting on the streets, getting – stomped in his head and you know people are making fun of him and clowning him really don't understand how serious mental illness is and people that's clowning him they don't understand you know their situations could always be reversed as well don't matter how well your life is going how great it's going now it can always be reversed you know anything can happen but my heart my heart goes out to Delonte West I know he'll pull through uh, he'll become a better person after the recovery and I know his family will probably support him 110 percent and, you know, some of the players he made connections with in the league, I'm, I'm sure they're doing their best, like Jameer Nelson, you know, uh, they're doing his best to make sure he get his feet, you know, he get back on his feet. So I really hope Lonte West recovers and becomes a better person. I kind of just hit the point I was going to get to. Before I get into all that, though, I mean, like I, like everybody else said, just piggybacking off of y'all, I mean, I pray Delonte West becomes better or it gets better. I know mental illness is nothing to play about. Uh, Mark Cuban has done an exceptional job of doing what he's doing for Delonte West, helping him out as much as he can, reconnecting him with his family, which is really good, checking him into a rehab center. So right now we're just praying for the best for him. And kind of what Colin said with the connections, I was honestly surprised that I didn't hear about Jameer Nelson because I know that him and Delonte West were good friends in college right before they got to the NBA. So at St. Joe's. So I saw I was kind of confused why I was surprised I didn't hear his name. But I'm glad Mark Cuban is doing something. And like I said, I'm just praying for Delonte West to get better. That's no, yeah. I'm a, um, basically going with y'all. Um, I think Mark Cuban really did a good job, especially just by going to the gas station because he didn't have to go down there. He went down there out of his time to go see 
um, how good Delonte was or to help him get into the help that he needs. And right now, just, yeah, we're praying for him. Hope that he gets better. Hope that he does better. And when he gets out there, he really is better. Yeah, yeah, one more thing I want to say, my fault. One more thing I just want to say about the one thing I really like that I'll say, I won't say all select, all fam, professional athletes and celebrities do this, but a good number of them do. I like that it wasn't publicized or I guess recorded by Mark Cuban himself. I'll say that. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not a big fan of sometimes when uh, athletes and celebrities just kind of just record them doing good stuff, just good deeds. I just like him doing good D just because like a Juju Smith Houston or a J. Cole or a LeBron James. Even though LeBron James does sometimes record some things, he doesn't record everything he does. But the only, but the reason why LeBron is a little bit different because there's always a camera around him whenever he's wherever he's around. But he doesn't record everything himself, which is what celebrities and famous athletes like to do. I, I suspect that it wasn't absolutely. publicized by Mark Cuban. No, I, I want to touch on what you said, Chris. You said uh, Jameer Nelson. You know, th- there was a couple of people, the first video with him getting stomped in his head, getting brutally assaulted, and, and you had a bunch of people saying they're trying to be reaching out and helping them, and it's like, why is it, you know, not to discredit what Mark Cuban's doing, because I absolutely love what he did, but why did it have to be Mark Cuban to do the job if, you know, he got – these people are saying they're reaching out to him, seeing what they can do. Like, I just – I don't know what's the story behind that. I just think that was real upsetting, you know, of the people in his circle really not going out their way to really help him. And he only played for the Mavs one year, maybe. So, he didn't even play that long, if not even the whole year for the Mavs. And Mark Cuban still – you know, that's just such a – I really appreciate what Mark Cuban did. But it just makes you wonder, you know, who's really in the circle, you know. And it's really disappointing and disheartening to know that. But that's the reality sometimes. So, that's the, that's the cruel world. And that's why this is such a good story because, you know, you know, at the end of it all, you know, he's finding that help that he needs. And I hope that he takes advantage of it and really, you know, take, you know, takes his life back. Like, like, you know, obviously he won't go back to the NBA, you know, but just have some sort of just control over his life and just, just prosper. You know, you just, you don't, you never want to see anyone, just even if they weren't a basketball, former basketball stars, you don't want to see anyone living life like that. There's no way to live life. So hopefully he does, again, find all the help he needs and um, wishing nothing but the best for him. But uh, before we wrap up here, just want to give a quick shout out to the Tampa Bay Lightning. On Monday, they won the Stanley Cup Finals. They are the champions. Uh, They're the first team to win a championship in the COVID era. So congrats to them. Uh, just for like a quick little, you know, context, put it in the context for you guys, you know, I know you guys don't really watch hockey like that. Um, last year, they were swept in the first round. That's number one seed. Just just to go how, just to show how crazy, you know, hockey, you know, in the NHL, how competitive it is and unpredictable. They were swept uh, by the AFC last year. So just imagine like the Bucks getting swept by, you know, the Orlando Magic in the first round and then coming back and winning the NBA Finals next year. That's basically what the... Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning accomplished so just crazy turnaround for them uh, they won the, the cup in the bubbles so congrats to them that's, that, that I, I know you guys 
Yeah, no, that, that's still pretty impressive. You can't. I can mean. You go. I had, from to, I had to put it, you know, in basketball terms for y'all. I mean, yeah, no. I mean, I mean it's yeah. impressive. It's impressive for being the number one seed and then get and then losing the first round, kind of like what the Mavericks did. The Dirk won MVP, and then, but then instead of what the Mavericks did by not turning around and winning the next year, they turn around and win it. That's that's impressive. So, congrats to them. Congrats to them. Yeah, congrats. That's yeah, pretty much. All right, so that does it for episode five. Thank all of you guys for tuning in. Thank all of you guys for joining me today and making this a successful episode. I, I really enjoyed all the discussion. Episode six, this Saturday, uh, we're going to break down games one and two of the NBA Finals. Also, we're going to preview the Eagles and 49ers and all the other games in the NFL in week four, all our predictions. And we're going to do a special uh, segment called What If?, I'm going to explain that more on Saturday. But for now, I'm Jonah Wooten. I'm Colin Simprom. Thanks, everyone, for taking the time and listening to the podcast. My name is Chris. Thank you all for tuning in. It's Jamar. Thank you all for tuning in. And we will see you guys on Saturday. Take care.